cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Eric Leslie of Chiba Chews, co-owner. How are you doing, Eric? Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Doing really well. Were there moments during the early days that gave you kind of hesitation to kind of dive in and maybe those thoughts thinking like, is this really going to work? And then take us through the other side of the coin when you realize this is really happening. We've really got some brand staying power here. People are really starting to take to our products. Yeah, I think it was probably 2010. We won the uh, High Times Cannabis Cup with our Decadose, 175 milligrams, 10 gram piece. Uh, that baby rocked you. Um, I think there were shops at the time that that made medical patients sign a waiver uh, before they would they would buy that product because it was just knocking people out at the time. Um, and I think when that caught waves and, and high times was such a big part of what we did early on, which is funny because of, you know, the evolution of high times, you know, how they have transitioned, like and what they've become. But early on, man, like the legend of Chiba Choose was genuinely born through high times because that magazine print over in Alabama, uh, people are like, what is this thing? I got to try it. And, uh, you know, somehow they found it and they did try it. Uh, and I think that that genuine advocacy is really what built the brand. Like, allow the product to prove it for you. Um, I think that was the most important part of it. Like we wanted, we always did, like I never did stuff like this early on. We always were ghosts behind the brand. Like you could never get us on camera. Um, and many reasons why it was medical gray days. Uh, you know, so we still had family to protect, but also we really wanted the product to speak for itself. So how does that work when you want to start a new product? Is it, we want to stay with this flavor and we're thinking this cannabinoid. And then is it just adjusting the doses? I mean, Take us through that experience, what that's like. So, so far, right? You know, looking forward is a totally different story. But so far, I think we're really, really clear that we knew what CBN was doing for us. And we knew the lane we could create with the uh, sleep aid, you know, too. Um, so that was really easy for us. What it came down to was ratios. We knew we're dealing with specifically in recreational uh, markets, a cap of 100 milligrams of THC. We also know you don't need 10 milligrams of THC um, in your CBN product to fall asleep. But what we also know is THC, CBN, uh, they're amplifiers for each other, right? You, you really shouldn't look at one without the other. Specifically, if you're looking for a CBN product to, to really do its job, you need that entourage effect. And so we looked at, can we do a lower dose of THC uh, to help amplify that low dose of CBN? We sprinkled in a little, little bit of melatonin uh, that helped us from a uh, uh, regulation standpoint, I could then make the claim of sleep aid because uh, I had a little melatonin, just two milligrams though, it was, you know, it was a very small amount, but then I could make those claims. You know, those are the hurdles you got to jump through in regulated markets is you're not making any health claims when it comes to cannabis. So you have to be really creative uh, with how you're going to market because consumers, the more they become educated, the more they're looking for specific products to solve specific issues. And so in order to make it a sleepy product, we sprinkle in a little melatonin um, and then let the CBN amplified by THC do its job. So the really hard stuff, Brian, really hard is you got to test it, man. You got to take the product and see what ratios work. How hard is that to kind of surface the different ingredients to build that bomb when you're forecasting out? Because like we said with CBN, if you're coming in at like 50 a kilo and now you're yeah. doing 
multiple cannabinoids plus yeah. the ZPN at the same time. It's a lot of money to front out without knowing, hey, we're not sure how to market this. We're not sure people are going to understand. And then we have to lay out a boatload of cash. So how does that work from a bomb standpoint? So we've been able to rely on the credibility of our brand. Potent, consistent, discreet was the original identifiers for Chiba Chews. Unfortunately uh, for us, the entire industry now is potent, consistent. So everybody kind of came up to the standards that we set. But having that early credibility, I think, helped from a um, experimentation standpoint. If Chiba Chews is providing this product and standing behind it, um, there's some legitimacy to, to what's happening here. Um, and I think that was really important from a brand perspective is that we always have maintained the credibility of who we are. In the stuff we put out, we're not trying to put out a gimmick. We're really genuinely behind making a difference for people and making a difference in people's lives. We're not here to maximize profits and sell the business for as much as we can get. Uh, the live rosin products. Let's talk about those. So um, the other side of it, now that we've talked about, you know, we're isolating, um, you know, distilling down and, and reintroducing cannabinoids. The other trend we saw is actually out in California. There you go. I'll give a shout out to 710 Labs. Um, I got one of the, have you guys tried their gummies? Yeah. No. This is not about 710. So boo, but no, not really because um, I, it's funny. They're sponsoring the podcast now. We'll send them an invoice. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The Chew Juice podcast is sponsored by 710 Labs. Thanks, guys. <laughs> But in, in all honesty, I was up in San Francisco. We we're, were kind of going through a market transition in 2020, maybe, or something like that. You know, time just you know folds. But I was looking at the market market trends. I, I saw these 710 gummies, what they call it, G-U-M-M-I, right? So they're trying to be different with it. Uh, but there was no flavor. It was literally like pectin and rosin, you know, with some citric acid in it. That was it. Um, I was like, all right, I'll give them a try. Always trying new products. And at first I was like, this is horrible. This is, no, this is so bad. But then I allowed the gummy to break down. I'm like, no, this is too good. Like there's something here, uh, tasting the terpenes, uh, tasting the full profile of a solventless extract, and then the effects, right? Um, the, the entourage of it with those terpenes, flavonoids all included in it really showed me something. Eric, what is one fact or statistic that would shock the outside industry about the edible industry or about the edible process? Probably the amount of oil necessary to get you high. When you feel the effects of 10 milligrams or 100 milligrams, that word milligram, like there's so little amount. And when you look at, you know, distilling down THC, the reason why, and this is the crazy part that I hear people talking about potency caps, right? Um, okay, I understand it on concentrates, flour, whatever, but it only hurts an edible to cap the potency because if I have a 95% THC cannabis oil, that means I have to use less oil in the edible to achieve 10 milligrams. Since you've been in the cannabinoid industry, what has been the biggest misconception? What, what I hate most now, like I've been here so long, right? So if you asked me that 10 years ago, totally different than, than what it is now. I think the biggest misconception is what the industry is really all about. I'm sitting here and talking to you guys. Uh, we've been around a long time and our mission is to serve our customers, you know, with best value we can. Um, what I hate to see is the loudest people in the room are usually the least qualified um, you know, when it comes to our industry. And we're seeing a lot of money getting poured into multi-state operators. What they're doing is they're hiring consultants that, like me that have worked here and have done all the hard work to get here to help them build their business a little bit differently, right? Um, they're buying them out um, and uh, they're using them as consultants to, to build even further. The roots of who we are, the identity of our industry, um, you know, there's a lot of people that, that need to speak up. And I think a misconception is that we're not here. Eric, 
It's 2028. How will edibles be marketed to consumers by flavors, cannabinoids, or modality? Yeah, that's a good question. It's not going to be flavors because there's so many goddamn flavors uh, out there already. People are fatigued by flavors. I genuinely believe, and it's not because I have an amazing wellness line that is booming and everybody needs to try it, but I really believe um, our cannabinoids are going to uh, change lives. Um, I think the term we came up with early is, you know, minor cannabinoids are made with major effects, right? When we start really looking even deeper. I mean, we're, we're looking at CBC right now. We launched a um, an energy chew with our THCV product. When we start looking even deeper, CBDA, CBDO, like there's so many different minor cannabinoids. Um, we haven't even scratched the surface on what these ratio combinations can really do for people. My hope is by that time, we've done the real research and we've vetted through all the BS and we have products on the market that can really help people in their very specific needs. Um, I, I'm going to say cannabinoids, man. Eric, for all of our East Coast listeners and others out there who, who want to get in touch, and they want to buy your products. Where can they find them? You can go to Massachusetts. You can go to Massachusetts. It's going to be five milligrams across the board. Talk to your state regulators if you got a problem with that cap. We are um, in Oklahoma. Uh, we're in Nevada. We're in California. We're launching in Missouri next month. I'm going to keep going down the West Coast chain. We're going to New Mexico. We're also looking at Montana. So Eric, thanks so much for your time. Talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we break, break it all down. down.